You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode 141. Hey, today I have Melbourne wedding photographer Christian from Paper Bear Photography. Now, Christian has been in the business map for around about 12 months now, and I think he's just about to sign up for another 12 months, which is really cool. Christian has been working his tail off. He has been hustling. The last six months, he actually quit his job, so he's gone full-time during a world pandemic, during a massive lockdown in the most lockdown city in the world, and he's had everything stacked against him, which is absolutely crazy. But what I've noticed inside when I've been doing some coaching with him, when he's in the coaching calls, when he's in the Discord group, when he's there in the business map, is he extroverts himself into that space and he's always making the most of all the opportunities. So I notice how hard he works. He's always consistently showing up, doing a whole lot of stuff. So I wanted to get him on the podcast to speak with him, to see what his mindset was like quitting his job, what it's like now, like going through that whole process and what the future is like for him. So if you are in the space right now where you've either just quit your job or you're thinking about quitting your job and going full time as a creative entrepreneur, then I think this episode is going to be really good for you. Now, Christian is inside the business map. If you did know, the business map is open for enrollment right now. So depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening and it's backdated, just head to jialong.co and you'll see a countdown timer of when it's open next. But for today, it's open if you're listening today. So this week, it's limited to 300 people. It's going to be a game changer. So if you've been thinking that you need a coach in your corner to really help you take your business to another level, like don't forget we have a full money back guarantee and everything like that as well. So you can't lose, like it's risk-free and you get to join myself and our community and get to level up, share those experiences, the lows, the highs and everything in between, which I'm really super excited about. And I can't wait to help you work on your unrealistic goals. So head over to jialong.co. You're going to see a big button there that says the business map and we can enroll you in and get started. There's so many cool things coming up for the end of the year, including a mastermind to help with planning out the course so it doesn't take more than two hours per week to sort of dive in and get those big results. Also planning out your next 12 months and all the goals that you want to hit. I think that's really cool. We're going to do some portfolio review nights as well in Discord and um, in Zoom as well. So the community is getting in there. We're organizing tons of events and I want you to be part of it. It's seriously a game changer. But again, not sure if it's sold out yet, but if it hasn't, only 300 enrollments this time. So please get over to jialong.co and enjoy today's episode. Hey, we've got Christian here. Christian has been working inside the business map for almost 12 months now. And in that time, he's actually quit his job. He's gone full time. He's done a bunch of things. And we did a case study with him as well, not too long ago, but he definitely extroverts himself into the community. So always helping people. He's always getting amongst everything, getting into the Discord group. So I wanted to, I wanted to bring him here because I know there's so many people right now that can relate to wanting to quit their job and they're not sure if they're ready or if they can or if they should, all that kind of stuff. So I think this is a very good discussion to have. So, hey, Christian, how are you, man? Good, Jai. Thanks for having me here, man. Of course. Hey, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so Christian from Paper Bear Photography. I'm in Melbourne. I'm a wedding and elopement photographer. And as you said, yeah, I quit my job six months ago. 
And then we went into lockdown <laughs> like two weeks later. <laughs> so it's been a bit of a wild ride, but I'm a, I'm a dad. I've got three kids, married to wife, my wife, Mel, live in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, stoked to be talking to you today, man. That is so cool. So let's dial it back and talk about you making your break, funny enough. And what was life for you before you were a full-time photographer? Yeah, so I, it's funny because I still feel like I'm breaking through. Hey, like, of course, um, we always are. <laughs> so that pursuit is still like real, real for me. So I guess I've been shooting weddings since like 2015, but I was never really committed to it. And I remember talking to you, and I was telling you a little bit about my situation. And you're like, man, until you until you take action, and this is the only thing you got going, you, you know, it's going to be really hard. And I thought about that a lot, but I was working in HR actually for a lot of my life for you know 20 years. I started uh, working in a call center doing sales at like 18 and I uh, worked my way through different jobs and stuff. And I guess a big part of where I got to in my career was like always fighting against the system. And I never really felt like I belonged in there, you know, like all these rules and processes and policy. And HR was almost expected to be like the police. <laughs> and I, I hated that job. I'm like, no, our job is like to talk to people and to make them happy in their work and like for people to love it and, you know, be, be happy at work. And uh, it was almost like the system was, was, was fighting against that in a lot of ways and I just didn't fit in. And I never really knew why until I started really thinking about what I wanted to do in my career. Yep. And I realized, oh, this is just not for me anymore. And, and I did a lot of work on purpose and sort of rediscovering who I am and what I want to do and what I want my kind of legacy to be. It's a bit bit full on, but yeah, <laughs> that was sort of the work that I did and really d- digging in. And um, yeah, so a lot of my, my, my history and career was sort of in that space. And then I just had so much passion for photography and I'm a sort of like, all in guy, like I'm a, I'm a bit obsessive with everything. And so I'm obsessed with photography. I'm obsessed with how to, I guess, setting up my ideal life is like an obsession. And um, I've always obsession. had that obsession with everything that would be bike riding, playing golf, music. It's uh, I've got that personality. So I found I was just too stuck in that corporate environment. And, mm. you know, I was getting like, if I was lucky, I was getting like a 2% pay rise every year, you know, like, Woohoo, you know, like <laughs> I've worked so hard, I've been, like slogging myself and yeah, yeah, 2% pay rise. It doesn't, doesn't kind of feel like it's, it's reflective of all the work that I'm doing for, for another company. So anyway, that's, and yeah, I'm waffling like, to be honest, yeah. it probably wasn't even ever about the money, was it? It's nah. like the fulfillment at the end of the year was like, it probably wasn't there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the yeah. thing that you actually probably craved. Oh, a hundred percent, you know, and I was in like this senior management position and you know, part of my job was educating people about how to find fulfillment. And so I did that work for myself, you know, because I, re- and I realized, oh, I'm not, I'm not playing. I want to be more creative. And I did uh, mentoring sessions and I spent so much money on education during that change process, which like just helped so much. And through that work, I realized, yeah, this is not for me. You know, this is not where yeah. my soul is anymore. Man, so tell me, why did it take so long for you to, take the leap and go full-time? Oh, dude. <laughs> What's happening there? What happened? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I was made <laughs> redundant. Like, and I had this time going back Ooh. even before I was shooting weddings properly. And uh, I had like got paid a good redundancy pay. And I was like, I remember sitting in this course where they're like helping you find your next direction and career. 
and I had to write down, what do I want to do next? And photography was my thing. And this was, you know, maybe 2013 or something like that. And um, I think because even then I took time off and oh, I wasted that time. Like I played golf every day. And <laughs> like I was obsessed with that. And then it came to a few months later, I'm like, oh, I get a job now. It was this sort of sense of security, like, you know, not I wasn't at the stage where I was prepared to take a risk. I don't, and I don't know why, you know, I think at the time. We can get so comfortable, can't we? Yeah, yeah when it's easy, yeah. when it's easy. Yeah, man, it was so comfortable. I was earning good money. Yeah, yeah. There's no magic in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's no reason think, to move. <laughs> oh, 100%. And, you know, working in corporate, so there's this funny system of ego, you know, like I look mm, back course. on it now and you get feedback and you're, like, you're doing a great job, you know. I'm like, really? Um, so it's <laughs> stepping, <laughs> stepping away from that, like now, like, I don't get that feedback from anyone. You well, know? now like, it's me saying that to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Chrissy, you're doing a great job, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I was just used to it, you know, and I never really stepped out of myself and really never really challenged myself in that way, I think. So now, like, I've failed more now in the, this six months than I have ever in my career before. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and it's, it's wild. How's it feel? How's it feel to actually be able to fail? I'm going to be honest, it's fucking hard. Like I think there's a lot of this obsession with that I see and I observe like, yeah, failure is cool and it absolutely is, but it's really mm. hard and I'm trying to teach my kids this about failure and, you know, teaching them about that things it's okay, it's not to get perfect and you're going to stuff stuff up. It's really hard lesson in life and I'm still learning with it and I'm still grappling with it, but I'm pushing myself more and it's so much more rewarding when it comes off. Yeah, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, and no one ever said this was easy. Like, yeah. you know, and, you know, when I'm getting on this podcast, I never tell any, I never, like, I know people want me to tell them it's easy, but I'm like, man, I, <laughs> I don't know if you are ready for it, if you're not ready to do something hard, but we do something hard because we get better. We get, we get more fulfillment. Like it is the obsessed people that like choose to not take the easy path. Hey, and then with not taking the easy path, you do well. you will, you probably may not have seen it yet, but you will have more fulfilled life and you'll get bigger rewards. And so those only come for the harder thing because before when you had that corporate job, like you knew how much you could make 2% more, like you knew where the ceiling was. It was literally just above you. But once you, once you break out and you start working for yourself, like the opportunities start becoming infinite. But also it gets a lot harder because yeah. there ain't anyone to motivate you. There's no one there to help you. Like there's no one there to keep you accountable and you need to come from within and you need to be ready to um, turn those shoulds into musts. <laughs> yeah, that's just so true. It's such a good advice, you know, and it's such a big change. And I, to be honest, I reckon I underestimated how much of we a change. We all do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we underestimate too many things, man. Like one thing is we underestimate ourselves. So we underestimate how much work we've got to do. Sure. And that's what you're talking about here. But then we actually underestimate how much we can actually, like what our potential is. Because like even at the start, like let's say 2015, like your potential to yourself was much less to what it is today because you've been learning a lot more and you've been, you've been trialing an error. And, and so like, even though you've been failing, you've been learning so much with that. And so your potential becomes bigger and bigger because you learn what not to do as well. And you get into new rooms and all that kind of stuff, new opportunities open. But I, I think over the years, I've seen how grossly underestimated we estimate ourselves personally. 
And so we all think that we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not courageous enough. We're not daring enough. Like we're not all these things. We're not educated enough. But really, I think we we are. It's just we haven't come to the uh, conclusion and have the confidence to go like, yeah, I might, I actually can make it happen and I will. I will make it happen. Oh, it's so true. Like the, it's almost like in business, you talk about opportunity costs. Yeah. And in business, people don't talk about people with opportunity. You know, it's always mm. a cost thing or a marketing thing. But if you were to leave, you know, if, if you were to believe in yourself and that opportunity, it's like, yeah, you have so much potential. And even this morning, like I'm getting an email, like I can't believe it. This, this email worked really hard during the week with no payoff. I was walking around the city, like trying to find my people, <laughs> basically yeah. trying to find wedding venues. It was raining and places in Melbourne right now are all closed. You know, like there's, there's a lot of businesses that are out of work and stuff. So it was really hard. And then I, I just had this one little nugget of opportunity where I was talking to someone. I'm like, can you just, can you just help me out and like introduce me to this person? And then now I'm getting these emails. They're like, yeah, we want to talk to you about this and that. I'm like, I can't believe that. Like that just came from me doing that my resource and it's limited. Like I've got limited time. So I'm, I've got to try and hustle every moment. I'm like, mm. this is opportunity cost right now. I'm wasting <laughs> by doing something. And yeah. So, but I think going back to your point around like the limiting beliefs almost is there's a lot of research that shows how much we can change though. You know, like there's so much, oh, yeah. you know, that changes in our brain, our physiological brain, like when we do go through that change process and, and a lot of the things that really burnt me in corporate was people just believed that there was no, people can't change and that people can't do certain things. And I would always be the guy like, no, they can. But I never did believe that myself until I had, to be honest, until I started really investing in the education and finding that other people were in those same boats, you know, and there was other people out there that had, had, had done it. Um, that was such a massive part of making the an investment in myself. You know, it's interesting, man, like, how many times has someone told you that you can go full-time, you can do it, and you are good enough? Like you're a good enough photographer and like the opportunities there. Like people have probably told you that your whole life, right? Yeah. Well, yes and no. Like there's there's certainly from within the photography communities, like and and our community, I'd say there's so much positivity there. Yeah. When I tell other people that are outside of that group, a lot of people are like, oh, really? Like mm. you're going to give up this stable job that's like you've done really well in and you're going to go do that. Like that seems, totally. you know, and there's so much negativity out there. And even from within people that are really close to me, you know, that were, weren't really that encouraging at all. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh yeah, man. And you're going to get it. I still get it today. And it's been years and years. Like people still ask me, like, do you even make enough money from photography? Oh, like, come on. Like family members will still ask me. I'm like, man, like this is, this conversation was had eight years ago and it's still yeah. getting had and you don't need to say it to me. I make more money than what you make. So let's, you know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. what's interesting and what my point was like, we, like people will, there's people that will believe in you. And like, so someone like myself, I'll say it to you like, Hey Christian, like you can do it. You can quit your yeah. job. Like, you know, and believe that. But then you tell yourself that you can't because you're not ready. You don't have enough money. Whatever reason it is, you tell yourself you can't. But What's really interesting is we believe ourselves, but we don't believe other people. And so when the switch changes, 
is when you actually believe someone else that's saying, that's giving you the advice, you know, the advice that you actually want, where it's like, maybe I can do it. Jai said I can. So why can't I do it? You know, I know what I'm saying to myself that I can't, but I don't know if that's the truth. Like maybe I should challenge myself and I should accept someone else's truth. So I think that's just like a really interesting concept of how we, we believe ourselves, even though for some reason we don't have our own best interests at heart. Mm. It's because, I mean, from the psychological point of view, we have all these big assumptions running in our life that are sort of stopping us in that way and they're protecting us in a lot of ways. Like, you know, we've relied on those things. And for me, you know, if I think about failure in stepping out of my job into this, this game, it was all these limiting beliefs that I had and all these little assumptions that, you know, I had around who I was as a dad uh, as a provider of my family and all those sort of things were really limiting. We're sitting there and I didn't really understand those things until I stepped out of it and saw, oh, geez, how much was that driving my behavior? I didn't even realize at the time. Hey, so take me back to when you actually got made redundant and you quit your job. Well, you didn't quit your job. You got made redundant. And what's interesting about that, and one thing I always say is like, we think having a job has security until something like that happens and it's out of your control. Like you can't do anything about it. If the business goes under, then you lose your job. Or if the business decides that you're not perfect for the job or for the role anymore, then it's up to them, right? And so we get scared of like a pandemic or a recession or something because there's all these things out of our control. So actually working for yourself, I believe you have more in your control. You can get more opportunities and you can continue to work. So when people tell me like, man, it must be hard. Like, you know, all this stuff's happening in the world. I'm like, I know it is. And if I had a job, I'll be risk. It would be so risky right now. But because I don't have a job, like it's fine, you know? (laughs) So tell me about that week. So... Yeah, it's interesting that you say about the risk factor because I think I've always had uh, more leaning towards taking risks, um, but I, I don't think I ever took as big a risk as sort of investing myself. But going back in that time, I kind of knew it was coming. And even though I did, I still wasn't prepared to like invest in myself for some reason, you know. And at the time, I, I remember thinking, oh, you know, this is going to be great. I can just take some time off and have a holiday and sort of make the most of this this time away. And now look back at it, I'm like, oh, geez, I was so limited by by that opportunity. And mm. you're 100% right, like in terms of what you're saying, with sitting in a, in a job that you hate and working for someone else, you are at the whim of their market and their economy and what they are deciding whether they like you or not, frankly, to be honest. Definitely. I've seen this with managers all the time that make bad decisions about people. And look, there's a lot of good people in corporate. So I don't want, you know, I'm not saying everyone in evil or evil, but it happens all the time where people are made redundant without really good reasons for it happening. And then you throw a pandemic on top of that. And now they've got really good reasons to do it. So you're never, ever safe in a corporate job. Like people think that they are, but then totally not. You get a new person. It's a, it's a false sense of security. Oh, 100%. Happened all the time. And if you're not prepared for that and you're not, yeah, like you're, you're flying blind uh, in those sort of environments. For sure. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. How quickly things can change. And you're one person of, say, you're working for a bigger company, you know, one person of, of, of many, you're working in a small company, you're still reliant on everyone else pulling their weight. Whereas the thing I love so much about this is my 
input reflects, you know, my output reflects my input all the time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's all on me. <laughs> I love that, man. And so um, just going back to the week that you're actually, oh, yeah, this sorry. year, you made redundant and then you're like, okay, I'm going to go full-time into wedding photography. Tell me about that week. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I gave them notice. So I had like two or three months worth of time of knowing what was coming. And then I finished up. And then I remember like waking up on the Monday, like, okay, I've got a plan now. You know, because I'd been in the business map already, I already knew kind of what I needed to do to focus initially. And a big part of it was going to be, all right, I need to shoot as much as I can um, mm. and create more content and more, you know, more for my portfolio. But then once that I was actually free from that environment, little things started popping up like, oh, you know, hey, do you want to catch up with one of my mates? You know, one of my mates would message, do you want to catch up now? You're free. And people expected now that I was out of the corporate environment, like all these new distractions just came up. And I'm doing more at home, which is great. Like, you know, I love being more present for my kids and stuff. But equally, that's its own challenge now. Like, I don't have an office to escape to or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so, yeah, I, I had all the, had this plan, you know, of how I was going to spend my time and where I was going to do everything. And then we went into the back into lockdown, like, literally eight days later. And so my whole plan just blew up. And so I've had to try and adapt. And it's been little things that I've been trying to do just to keep learning uh, through that time. I rebranded, did my website, my wife and I. Which was awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you, man. We put so much time and energy into really being thoughtful with that. And I just got on and tried to do as as much as I could with having three kids at home during that time and and just keep showing up as much as I could. Yeah, man. And like since then, you... Like I'm in Melbourne with you as well. And, and man, like there were so many things that I needed to do and we didn't get done because it, like I couldn't have my team together and there were so many things holding us back. But you and I both, we we definitely still grew and moved forward, right? And I, I was watching you inside the business map and you really stood out because you were just going after and doing things all the time. And then what I love is like when I see people consistently showing up, consistently doing things, not just like sporadic, um, actually showing up and doing stuff, putting in the work over and over. For me, I can see the success that you're going to get because it's like, here's someone that works hard when it's, when it's the downturn. That means when, it's, when things go good, they're the ones that get rewarded, right? So everybody that gives up in a downturn, they don't take it serious and they don't serve their clients then, they don't expand in the market share right now. Like you said before, there's people going out of business and stuff, then you're going to be left behind. So it's been really inspiring for me seeing you going after, you know, with, with everything holding you back, you're still going after it and you're still making an impact. And, and I think it's inspiring a lot of people inside the business map, to be honest. No, thank you, man. That doesn't You don't realize, realize that, hey, like how the impact that you might be having on others. And I think that's so cool. And I think that's the best part of being in a group like this, you know, is you have, you have a crew um, around Mm. and, you know, I don't have a team anymore. So having, having other photographers in the same path is, is so good. And even just listening to the podcast the other day and hearing Conrad's story of how he hustled and the things he stopped doing was so good. And just those little value nuggets that you get from, other people just really help. So I'm glad that I'm, I'm showing up and maybe maybe helping other people a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I just love it. I mean, I think this is probably the funnest period of growth I've had, even though it's been like so tough in so many other ways. Mm. 
I've learned so much creatively that I would never have really had that opportunity to do in my other life. Um, yeah. I've learned so much about myself. It's pushed me. So I always just trying to, as much as I can, take the positive. But I'm not always like always like that though. You know, I have to pull myself in and my wife helps me to do that as well. I'm going to be open to that. Well, it's so cool too now that you can actually like be there with your kids. Yeah. You know, you can like actually make your own timeline. Yeah, it's like a massive transformation, you know, of my life really. Like I feel um, so grateful to be able to do this. And, yeah, now I've got this really cool relationship with them where I pick them up and we we talk about weird stuff and um, they tell me about their day. And I'm just, yeah, I think the thing I have to watch out for is I get too obsessive with it still and I'm always still thinking about other photography, you know, doing photography work and growing my business and what am I doing. And I just got to take a stop, stop and just uh, smell, smell that stuff a bit more to absorb it in. Man, I don't know if that ever stops. Hey, like <laughs> it has never stopped for me. Like obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. It's like what eight, nine years on, and I'm still obsessed. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I think- I've still have the same energy as day one. Do you, you know, yeah. like I've never been jaded. I've never slowed down. I've never, I've never felt different. I feel the same. How do you go when people are like? Yeah, you need to take a break, man. Like I've heard you talk about this a couple of times. But you kind of realize when people tell you that they're just talking about themselves. Yeah. You know, so they're thinking about themselves of like their own energy levels. Would they be able to, you know, live up to that? Would they be able to do that? So if someone says to me, like, hey man, you need to take a break, I'm like, Well, thanks for the advice. Like, are you feeling tired? Because you maybe, you know, something else is going on here. It's not me, you know. So for me, it's like, I've got somewhere to go. I've got a purpose. I've got things going on. I've got energy, you know? And so it's hard for other people to fathom that that's possible because they don't have the same obsession, the same energy, you know, same ambition, same dreams. They're not going after it like this. So they can't possibly feel the same drive that I feel. So from the outside, they're thinking, Joe, you must be exhausted. You must be tired. Like, my friends tell me like, um, you're in your thirties now, man. Like you won't be able to run like this for long. You know, like only get a couple more years left in you. And I'm like, man, maybe for you, but like, I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm not changing, but people are like, people that don't support you. Like you got to remember Christian, like you need to support them because they have something going on, you know? So if we got the emotional intelligence, we got the empathy to realize that like, yeah, like not everyone's going to say that's a good idea or not everyone's going to be in our corner, of course, but you're challenging people because what you're doing is you're stepping out of the norm. You've done something courageous, which a lot of people can't do, uh, which means it challenges them, their beliefs, what they're doing. And, and also because people love you, they realize that they stand to lose you. Because as you grow, like we do outgrow people, you know, we outgrow people that are around us. We outgrow our circle of friends, like the people that we grow up with, things like that. Because um, as some stay the same, as you grow, like your conversations change, like the things that you want to talk about, things that interest you change. Uh, And there's so much more. And so we always say like, you're as good as the five people that you hang out with, but we, we constantly always change the five people that we hang out with or who we listen to based on where we are at right now in our lives. And so, you know, we're trying to find the next thing to sort of step up, but yeah, understanding like people give you that advice is because they love you and they do want the most for you. It's just, unfortunately for you, it doesn't best serve you. But if you become the bigger person and understand, like, I know it's them reflecting on themselves. And so maybe you can support them in some way, you know, as well as support yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, oh man, it's such a good point. Like, 
they're coming at it from a love point of view. You got to remind, remember that. Yeah. I think the, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like even that little bit of feedback though, once you have a vision in mind and what you're keen to do, like that doesn't, doesn't even really bother me anymore. Like I'm just used to people yeah, telling me to stop, <laughs> you know? Of course. Are you imagine my life, man. Yeah, like how many people, it. like I reckon daily people tell me to slow down, stop. You need a break, go on a holiday. I'm like, I don't need any of that, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like why? why? I'm doing another podcast. <laughs> I'm pumped, you know, like I'm, I'm happy on life. And the thing is, I also think like when you find your own purpose and when you are fully in the flow of what you're supposed to do, like, I don't think you get burnt out. Like, I don't actually think that anything goes against you anymore because all those beliefs and like people's idol, um, the way that people think with business structure and stuff, all that goes out the window because you're in a different lane. Like you're in the genius zone. And when you're in that genius zone, you can do things that other people can't do because you, one, as shamelessly yourself and you're showing up the way that you want to operate, when you want to operate, how you want to operate, which a lot of people can't understand that because usually you only can operate between nine and five, you know, five days a week. And then it's hard for people to understand how you can work at that level. Yeah. Now I think you're right. Like there's more people that won't take that action and they're not prepared to do it than there is people that do it. And I guess that's why this stuff works if you work on it because, yeah, you're probably in a rare percentage of people and there's so much opportunity out there. Yeah. Um, if you just grab it. And it was interesting. I was, you know, there's so much culture change in Melbourne and I think around the world happening right now and I understand people have different views about a whole range of things, but the other day I was just <laughs> watching and just listening to people on the things that they put their energy into, you know, and uh, complaining about the government or complaining about the whole range of stuff right now, you know, you open up your Facebook feed and you just see it. I said, you should put that energy into something for you. You'll be so much happier, you know, and mm. that's, I don't even watch the news. I don't watch any of that stuff. I was like, I don't have time for that. Like that's just going to weigh me down. I don't want to read that, bring in that negativity into my life. Yeah, man. And like, um, that's the thing. It's like protecting yourself, understanding for yourself, like what best serves you at the time. So if it's not watching the news and that's not best serving you on your purpose, you know, on your path, then maybe cut that out, you yeah. know? And it's the same as like listening to some friends or listening to some family members and stuff. Like I, like, to be honest, a lot of family, I don't talk to about business at all because I just know that it's not going to bring me up. It's probably going to bring me down. I've got friends like that too. Like I have this one friend that every time I talk to them, they always trying to give me business advice. Like they're trying to coach me on something. It's always the worst advice. I'm always like, please, I don't want this advice. Yeah, They've yeah. never ran a business before. Like they don't really know what they're talking about, but it's just like hard for me to sort of like keep up that filter of being polite, but then also like um, protecting myself because, you know, you only have a certain amount of energy and you don't want any kind of negativity coming in towards you throughout the day. So for me, man, like I suffer really hard with, with negative energy. I really do. I don't know what it is, but it's just something that really brings me down. And I find it really hard to operate when I'm not in my flow. And like things get me down. Like, you know how much I give in the business map, right? Like I'm there and I'm giving, and it's because I'm a creative first before a business owner. And so when I get like a negative comment or a negative review or a negative email or someone's unhappy, like it affects me really badly. And I'm like, man, I feel like I put everything into this. Like, why is this affecting me so much? And so I do things like, for instance, like I hired, you know, someone to look after my emails because for me, it was like, 
I can't wake up in the morning and take on these emails of people that may not be happy. It's not, may not be nothing to do with me. It's them and their business. And they had a bad client and a bad experience and they want to share it with me, like whatever it is. But, um, I'm like, I'm not strong enough to hold up everyone's problems. So what I need to do is I need to get into my own zone, you know, listen to my own thoughts, look at my own Instagram, you know, listen to my own podcast, talk on my own podcast. Like I need to like keep in my own lane and keep the blinkers on. Um, instead of reading emails, now I can write emails because I've got more time, you know, instead of listening to lots of podcasts, I can like actually make some podcasts. Instead of listening to all the books, maybe I can start writing a book, you know, instead of scrolling on Instagram, looking at everyone else's stuff, maybe I can start creating some content. And I start thinking like that. I'm like, how can I bring it all back into myself? Because then I'm controlling my surroundings and I can, and I can best serve everybody around me because I know how to best serve myself. That's so cool. Like I was just thinking, it's almost like you're making those little micro decisions. Mm. that add up to a lot of lifestyle change. It's huge. It's so yeah. many, like, and I, you know, I always talk about like the smallest thing can pivot your business, change your business, man. Because like the old famous quote goes, and I don't know who said it, but it's like, it only takes a small hole in a ship to sink the whole thing. doesn't matter how big your ship is and how amazing it is. And that always blows my mind. It's like the small little thing. Or another analogy is like, imagine if your GPS was out by 1% on an aircraft like you wouldn't get to the destination. You'd be so far away from it. And so it takes just like the one little thing to change to make a huge impact, especially if you start today. Because if you start today, imagine where you'll be in 12 months time if you've got the right framework or, or you changed the one habit or you, you pivoted your mindset or you made a new friend or a new conversation, whatever it could be. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's probably my challenge at the moment is I think too short term and I think too small. And so I'm trying to lift myself up. We all do, though. (laughs) That's my biggest problem, man. I think too small. Yeah, of course. It doesn't doesn't sound like, well, I guess it's it's context, isn't it? It's relative, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're small. Because someone, listen, like someone's watching, listening to you right now on this podcast going like, man, Christian quit his job. But that's cool. And he's doing all these things. He's out there shooting. He's in the business map. He's invested in himself. You know, he's doing all these things. So they're looking at you thinking like, he's doing so much. Like, that's amazing. And then you listen to you talk and you're like, I'm not doing enough. Like I'm thinking too small, you know, everything's too small. <laughs> and then you're looking at me going like, man, Jai's on a podcast. He's doing all the things. He's always doing all the things. And then you talk to me and I'm like, I'm thinking too small, <laughs> you know? And so it yeah. goes on and on. I talk to, if I talk to the most successful people that I've ever talked to that make hundreds of millions of dollars and do all this stuff, they always say the biggest regret is they set their goals too small. They took too small action. You know, they didn't think big enough. That's, a, that's a, ever the only regret that everyone always has. Yeah. Do you say going back to all that stuff that you talk about with unrealistic goals, that's where that's coming from, I guess. It is because it makes you expand. Like if you start having unrealistic goals now, and if I start teaching everyone in the business map that now, I know it's the biggest thing they're going to come, like the biggest hurdle. So an unrealistic goal is open to interpretation to the person because your unrealistic goal is going to be different to mine. And the goal, like we can expand it so big, but if you start dreaming and thinking bigger than what you could possibly do, then you're going to instantly start acting bigger. You're going to start expanding things and you're going to get bigger growth really fast. So for me, man, I I set these goals and I think about them all the time. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I'd ever be able to do that. Like that's actually scaring me. I just don't know what the next step is. And I don't know what I should be doing or who should I meet or what coach is going to help me get there. And I mull over it and I mull over it. But after a while, it doesn't feel impossible, especially when I'm like, because I'm mulling over it, but I'm also working. So after all, I'm like, oh man, I'm actually come a long way. And I've actually hit some of those goals, which I thought was impossible, you know? 
Do you, um, when you structure your goals, because I think it's really interesting when I've heard you speak about your goals, there's some financial goals in there, but there's yeah. a whole bunch of other goals. Do you ever write goals with the, the, the conscious effort of failing? In I, every goal, yeah. every goal. It, because there's no point of writing writing down a goal that you could actually achieve. Mm. Because if you could actually achieve it, then it's just a to-do list. So it's like, oh, I want to like sell 10 albums this year. Well, that's really just a to-do list. That means you need to do some marketing. But if you said like, oh, well, I want to sell 100 albums, that's no longer just marketing. Like how the hell do you even do that? You yeah. know what I mean? So now it's like, oh, I need to learn a new way. I need to learn a new strategy. That's actually impossible. You'll tell yourself until you do it. You know what I mean? Until someone comes along and does a big order. So for me, man, like um, I set these massive goals and then I usually probably don't even get halfway to the goal. And when I get halfway, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I set a big goal because imagine if I went halfway on a really small goal, like I'd be devastated. But right now, for instance, like a goal is for the summit, you know, right now to have 10,000 people there. And so I think as of recording this right now, we've, we've got about like 5,000 people signed up and I'm like, man, we've made it halfway. And holy shit, that's a lot of people. I'm actually so happy, so happy. And if I hit my goal, I would have been like really happy as well. But what I wouldn't have been happy with is if my goal was 5,000 and I only got to two and a half. Or if my goal was 5,000 and I already hit it, then I'm like, well, I had a small goal. You know, what's up with that? <laughs> is there any goals in that, you know, with that, say the summit, for example, where you're like, actually, this is going to be something completely new that we're trying though. Like, I think it's really yeah. important in business because we get too absorbed sometimes with like the metric, I reckon. And I saw this in corporate. It's like, of course, we're going to get like a hundred million, you know, they're talking millions in corporate land, you know, we're going to get this hundred million and everyone's just trying to get that hundred million. Like, but what if you just piss off all your customers in the process of getting all that Makes revenue? Makes no sense, right. Work, you know? Well, man, so like one of the biggest KPIs for the summit this year, it wasn't actually um, like the the people, how many people come in, of course, because that's my ecosystem, how many yeah. people I can serve, right? Uh, it's never money. We actually have no way. There's no money revenue on like on anything. So that's yeah. one thing, just so you know. But the biggest metric we had was like, how could we create and give the most value on the planet. Like that's what it was. That's and so that's cool. why I made different decisions. That's why I was like, I want to make it, I want to design a journal and send it out to the first 3000 people, you know, because it was like, yeah, that makes sense for the metric. And I don't know, man, how much that costs. And I don't know how much I'm losing. Like, I actually don't know those things because I'm not interested either. I'm like, well, we're going to do it regardless, even if we're going bankrupt. Well, so let's just do it. And because the metric's different. I'm like, if we had this big party, everyone was like, I'm so inspired to do something in my business now. Like, you know, like I want to give to my clients. I want to create that experience for me. You know, I want to make people feel like that. If I do that to people, even if it was just like 10 people, I'm like, man, we've done a big job here. Like, this is awesome. That's so good. Put that in context for me. Like, um, hey, this is becoming yeah. like a little coaching session. Um, <laughs> yeah, a context for you, man. It's like, um, and this is why I always say just like work for free, do the things. Because yeah. imagine right now, instead of saying like, oh, I need 30 weddings and I need to make six figures, I need a hundred grand. Imagine if you just said like, this year I want to create the best client experience possible for 30 people. And I know if I just over deliver like crazy, if I over promise and over deliver like crazy to 30 different couples, then I know that, next year is going to be so much easier than this year. And the year after is going to be so much easier because I don't need to work on 10,000 people. I don't need 10,000 followers on Instagram. I don't need hundreds of clients. I don't even need 50 clients. 
I only really need 10 clients. If you've got 10 clients and then you're like, sweet, I've got 10 clients. And then you just like went above and beyond. And man, I only teach what I preach. I only preach what I teach. I only do what I teach, right? Don't even know what I'm saying. Here, but, <laughs> but listen to this. When I first started as a wedding photographer, I wanted to be a luxury wedding photographer. And man, I had no money. Like, you know, my story, like I had yeah. no money and, and I just went out and I was like, I'm doing these things. And because of that was the decision, it wasn't like all these other metrics. It's like, I want to be a luxury wedding photographer and I want to have a busy business and I want people to like admire my business and what I'm doing and stuff. So like I would shoot a wedding for $500 and then I'd sell them an album for $300 and the album cost me $700 to make, mm. right? And so I'll be losing so much money and I was there for extra time and I'd be doing, I'd spend money on like doing a blog post and all of these things. So at the end of it, it's like, I, I think I turned over 700, cost me $1,000 to shoot the wedding. I would hire a second photographer as well. So probably cost me $1,200 to do it. And then I'll go and get another job or I'd go and hustle somewhere to make that extra money to make that happen. But the metric wasn't turning the people into a numbers. The metric was like, how could I serve like crazy to these people that showed up to me? Even if they didn't pay me, I'd still be doing that. Just the other day, man, someone, like one of my clients contacted me and like, oh, Jai, I'd love to get an album. And like, I just can't afford it. And I was like, I'll do it for free. I'll give you an album. No problem. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, the thing is like, for me, it's like business doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. And I'm like, but I know what does make sense is me and being happy. And like my happiness and my metric is like, how could I serve you until you're like, holy shit, this is actually crazy. I'm glad I went with Jai. You know, like he showed up. It's so much better. I mean, it's so much more motivating when you think of it that way. Like how do I impact 30 people? Oh, man. You so will much change every metric. You will no longer care how much it costs you for a course because it's getting you somewhere or how much it costs you for that website because it's serving those clients or how much each client gets when you send them out a package that's got some gifts or something like that. Like it no longer matters, man. You know, like even, um, you know, like when I'm sending out these journals and, and like things like that, or I'm sending out the journals to the business map and like you would have remembered, I sent out journals to you and then I made new journals. I was like, here's a new journal and everybody in the business map gets it for free, right? Like, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But like things like that for me was like, you come to a decision in business and it's like, oh, you could charge everyone for this. And that's going to be great. And they're going to have a great client experience because they're going to get a new journal. And it's like, well, is that a great client experience? Like it is good, but it's not amazing. And I feel like what would be amazing is like designing this thing, but then actually just giving it to those that have already shown up to us. And for me, fuck, that's game changer. You know, it's it's just like, it, it, it feels so good to be able to give to people, I think. Seen one of the one of the businesses my wife loves, and I've gotten onto it as well. Is GoTo, which is the skincare brand. Yeah, and she's always talking about. She's in marketing, and she's all she's always talking about their brand and their customer experience. Because every time she orders something, there's just always something in there as a gift, and it's really good stuff too. It's not like just yeah. you, know, you might get a pen. It's something that I can't remember Decent. what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But skincare, it's not my forte, but um, yeah, it, it makes an impression well, every single time. It does. And so let's just say for that, for example, let's imagine they don't have that many clients. Maybe they've only got 30. And so maybe your wife's one of them. And so they're yeah. like, they're like, oh, I know we're losing money on this 30. Sure. But like she ordered up some moisturizer, chucking another one. And just thinking like that is because you're playing a longer game. And if you don't want to pay for advertising, 
Because you've got two options. You can either give it back to the people or you can give it to Mark Zuckerberg and, and pay for ads. The people that give so much value usually don't have to pay much for ads because other people will share. You know, they'll be like, you'll get referrals, people are recommending you, people are reaching out to you to give you more work. But if you are always taking, 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 then you don't get that. And then when you don't get that, you the tax is you're still going to spend the same amount of money, but you're probably going to spend it on directories, ads, and other ways of trying to get your stuff in front of people. You know what I mean? And so like the biggest companies in the world, if you think about Elon Musk with Tesla, they don't advertise. Or if you think about like Apple with and Samsung, like Apple's, they spend so much less on advertising than Samsung does. And it's because they put more time into the design and into the product itself and into their clients and into making people feel like they're a part of a community opposed to Samsung, like which they don't do that at all. And then they have to obviously pay a lot more in advertising. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and Apple is such a great example because the product is so good. And I think yeah. for me, there's really, um, that's the way I've been thinking about using this downtime during lockdown is, well, how do I create photography that is that good, you know, I mean, um, not to a billion dollar company, but I think that's the challenge that I see at the moment is a lot of, this is where I get a little bit caught up into is I'm trying to get out there as much as I can on with sharing stuff. But I think I have to be really conscious of what I'm actually sharing and is it a good, am I delivering on a good product? Because I don't know, and this is maybe a, a question in itself is, I don't want to perfect things, but I certainly want to make sure that my photography, my product, which is my core product that I'm delivering, is exceptional. Yeah, Where do and we you all- see that line in terms of what we're delivering? Because it sounds like you're saying it's a whole, it's a, it's it's bigger than just your photography. It's actually these other elements, right? Well, man, think about Apple. Like, remember the ugly computers they used to yeah. bring out, and like they brought out like you know, an iPod shuffle and they brought out, you know, the first iPhone. Think about every single year they bring out a new iPhone. So that's telling me that they didn't strive for perfectionism. They strive to like, next year we're going to make it better. Next year we're going to make it better. And now when we look at it, we're like, holy shit. Like it's, that's an amazing design. It's really nice. Yeah. But they also went through the process of like, things weren't perfect and the business was shaky and like they did almost lose everything. And they they went through the same growing pains that we're going through. So I do believe you won't get to the status of Apple if you don't go through what they went through and actually produce. Mm. And so like, I do believe like your work that you make tomorrow is not going to be the best work. Let's be honest. It just won't be, but it doesn't mean it doesn't deserve to see the light of day, you know, and get people in on the process. So it's like, post it, share it, talk about it, and then get out there and make something new and do it again, something that you're proud of. And you got to keep doing that and keep doing that. And, And the, Every single business, doesn't matter who it is, man. Like if you look at the first Tesla, if you look at look, the first everything, it always starts off ugly, you know, it, no matter what it is. I remember like um, I'm wearing a prototype right now of like no skin. So it's my clothing brand. And so my designer's name, Ashley. And so this is the first business that we've all done together. And she was like, yeah, like once we design our first range of clothes, we won't have to design anything again because we'll just keep it getting it made. It's going to be perfect. And I'm like, that's that's awesome and all, but like mark my words, like once we make the first things, we're going to be like, oh, let's make something new because the first thing is never perfect. You know, it might be perfect in our head, especially at the time, but like you always get feedback from people. There's like things change and you need to be malleable and be able to adapt with those things. So yeah, man, I believe like, yeah, you want to have like the perfect stuff out there, but I, I honestly believe like less friction 
which means more frequency. Like just post it, be vulnerable, share it. It doesn't have to be perfect every time. It's going to get you some big growth, you know? Yeah. And when I first started as a wedding photographer, people used to get annoyed at me that I was getting so many likes and my photos weren't that great. And they would say like, I can even take a photo like this. Why are you getting so much attention? And I'd be like, because I posted it and you didn't. You know, so like whilst you're telling me you can take photos like this, there's nothing on your feed. And this is like back when Instagram first started and and people would want to cut you down like that. But the thing is like, you know, money goes to where the attention is. The attention is where the person's trying to progress, where they're actually putting something out to the world and like giving value in some small way. And maybe it's not the most perfect photo for you in terms of lighting and stuff like that. But for your client, it's providing value because it's giving them inspiration. And they're seeing something that like makes them change and pivot their their wedding because it's a new trend, a new style, or it's, you know, it's sparked something in them. And I think that's magic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. So um, going back to our interview. (laughs) (laughs) Not like us to get derailed on a conversation. (laughs) So tell me, what actually helped you get the confidence to quit your job, go full-time, like going like going into everything. And like the reason why I'm asking this is because a lot of the times like we can do it, we just don't have the confidence or we don't feel like there's something there that's going to get us through. So I want to hear from you of like the whole process of like quitting your job and like why did you feel like you could do it? First thing would be education. Like I can't believe how much of a difference that made. Um, so I invested into the business map. But I was listening to the podcast before, you know, before that and listening to a whole heap of other podcasts and just getting out there. And I did a course with I did a course with you. I did some mentoring with you. I did um, mentoring with other photographers. I threw myself, I've spent a lot of money on education just because it gave me the assurance that I could find a way, you know. Um, without that education, I would have been probably still stuck in that job um, going back. So education 100% is the, been the most important thing. Doing the work, to be honest, as you said, and shipping, <laughs> but turning that work on myself. So, you know, a lot of my mates and other people I know will laugh when I'm like, I'm writing down my goals. <laughs> and I remember, oh, even, totally. you know, talking to Mel about it one night. Um, it was like Saturday night. I'm like, hey, we should do like a goal planning session tonight. <laughs> and she's like, what? No way. But I did all that work myself um, and we did it together as well. Maybe not on Saturday night because she thought that was ridiculous. But once I actually put that time into myself and mm. read and made a commitment, I remember I was sharing this on um another talk the other day about how I read this book called Everyday Creative by Michael Dixon. And in the first chapter of that book, he gets you to draw this line and it's like your commitment to being a creative person and you physically have to walk across this line and make a commitment to it. And he's like, and after you do that, send me a photo of you crossing the line. And I remember doing it. I can still remember myself visualising me crossing that line. And what I realised going through that process is, what I'm designing here is my lifestyle. So once I thought about it in that way, not just it being a job, it just completely changed the game. I really I figured out that I could be, you know, I could be a good husband. I could be a good father. I could do stuff that I really loved. And um, that made that made a huge difference in, in how I saw myself. It's awesome. So one thing I want to ask is, for yourself, like maybe two years ago, three years ago, what is one piece of advice you would actually give yourself today? Oh, that's such a good question. 
it's funny, you know, in the um, uh, Wedding Photography Summit, they've got positive affirmations for yourself in the journal. And one of the things I keep writing down is I'm worthy. Uh, it's funny. I keep coming back to this one statement, you know. I think I've always been so hard on myself. Like I, I would just say, don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. You can do it. You know, things don't have to be perfect to what you were saying before. I'm worthy of success. You know, I, I deserve this. Yeah, I'll look back on three years ago and I think, geez, I deserve to make, you know, the most out of my time and my energy, you know. Don't waste it if you're in a job that you don't like. I wish I started earlier, to be honest, to see, you know, I probably started at the worst possible time when every <laughs> wedding got cancelled in pretty much all of Victoria. But at the same time, I've learned so much about myself, so I don't take that back. But I do wish I had started and just invested more in myself and took it more seriously when I'm, uh, it's never too late, obviously, um, but I, I just wish I'd backed myself a bit more and thought of myself being worthy of it. Yeah, man, such a mindset shift and such a huge one that um, you might feel alone on it, but it's actually so prominent, especially in the creative space that we we actually block ourselves from success and we put ourselves down and we feel like we're not worth it. We're not worthy. So I really resonate with it. I think it's such a breakthrough to even recognize it and, and continue to work through that as well. Yeah. And it's still a challenge now. Like I think, you know, just realizing I'm worthy of, of these successes and worthy of these relationships. And when people are like, you know, I love your work. And to be honest, man, like when, when I hear that, I'm like, do you really like, it's always like this negative little voice. <laughs> it's like, Nah, they're just telling you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's this constant inner game. I think is such a big part of, <laughs> of the psychology of of being successful and just taking that time to work on yourself. You know, I think that's been huge for me and something I'm just really disciplined about. And it's helped so much. Every morning, going for a walk, listening to a podcast. I mean, it's not, nothing revolutionary. Yeah. But if you were an athlete, Makes it big. doing yeah. a job of like being the best basketball player or something like that, you have to shoot those free throw shots every day. And being a creative, so much of being creative is about your mental performance. And no, it is, man. Yeah. That's like, So, well, what, what's the inputs for my mental performance? Not these are the habits that I want to stick to. So as much as I can, I do that. Yeah, habits is such a big part of it. I mean, I could talk about that for ages. <laughs> I won't go down that war rabbit hole, but. Hey, um, I want to share with you, just like going on that note, just like a little comic strip I seen on an Instagram account the other day. So it was like a tile with four little scenes in it. And so there's a guy sitting there in his chair and someone walks in and says, hey, the boss wants to speak with you. And then he's got a like little thought bubble going like, oh no, I'm going to get fired. And then he walks in, he sits with the boss and the boss is like, hey, I just want to say like, um, I want to give you a pay rise. You've been doing such a great job. And he's like sitting there. And then the next scene is him walking out and he's like, oh no, like he's delayed the amount of time until he fires me. And he's like, <laughs> and it's just like looking at the negative of everything. And I was like, man, that's basically exactly what, you know, someone says like, oh, it's a great, it's a great photo. It's a great thing. Like, but you in your head is like, oh, do, do they really mean that? Is that, <laughs> is that truthful? They just, are they just being nice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. Uh, it's, um, Brené Brown talks a lot about some of that stuff in terms of um, passion, but I remember she was describing this situation where there's this movie scene and this family's driving and it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that and they've got Christmas carols playing and they're all having a good time and then the movie just goes black and she goes, what do you think happened? And everyone in the audience is like, car crash. 
you know? And she's like, how many of us all had that same thought when we're thinking about this moment of like happiness is you like worry about the sad mm. thing that's going to happen next. And I think about that all the time, man, because I like to be having some fun with the kids and I'm like, oh, I just don't want this to, you know, I don't want something to happen, you know? And yeah, it's like a real personal challenge. It's like just blocking that shit out. That's your, just your, that's just a mind trap um, that you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's so weird, man. Hey, I'm going to leave it on that. Is there any last pieces of advice you want to give to someone that's just right now thinking like, hey, I, I want to quit my job. Like I'm ready to go all in on my passion and, uh, and make the lifestyle that I've dreamt of. I think the, like why, you know, really discovering why you want to do that and what those bigger goals are. Like that you spoke about the unrealistic goals. What's your goals? And once you're clear on that, I think it becomes so much easier. And then everything else is just a secondary issue you know, how you finance yourself, how all those sorts of things will, will fall out from it. Once you're so clear on that, why it just helps so much. I love that, man. Where can we find you? Where can we uh, come over and say hello? Yeah. Come and say hi. Paperbear.photography on Instagram. It's the best place to go. Awesome. Paperbear.photography on Instagram. Go over, send uh, Christian a DM, say hi. He's always just cruising about. If you're in Melbourne, he probably wants to have a coffee with you. So yeah, coffee, <laughs> beer, wine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, man. And um, thank you so much. I am looking forward to seeing you in the next group call, next coaching call on the business map and uh, working on some of those big goals of yours. Yeah, cheers, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah.